Welcome back to See Also. I'm Kate Jinks. I'm Brody Lancaster. And on this week's episode, we're going to be covering the Bad Sisters on Apple TV's latest show and also the Bad Sisters on some Bravo franchises. Uh, we'll also be talking about a couple of films that are just out in cinemas, Bros and Barbarian. Jinxie, we need to start with the Hog Hive update. Oh, yes. I love that the Hog Hive is real. They rose up overnight to the point where I thought I could um, share with you a, a piece of Joanna Hogg news today. And you were essentially like, yeah, bitch, you thought. Yeah, bitch, please. Because everyone in your life, it seems, has uh, alerted you to a little video of Joanna Hogg and Tilda Swinton. Yes. I had seen it on Twitter yeah. last night. <laughs> You'd seen it already. <laughs> and I loved it. And then uh, some friends got in touch. Shout out to Fleur. She was the first. And... It's a beautiful thing. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I woke up this morning to quite a few messages and we had some, see, also listeners actually DMing us about it too. So the hog hive is real to the point where I'm like, do we need to make see also hog hive merch? I mean, if you would buy, if you the listener, not you, Kate, I know what you would do. If you the listener would buy hog hive merch, Please let us know. We'll do some kind of poll or something, I guess. I think so. Yeah, because there she was, phone out, proud mum, as this guy. I've seen him come up on Twitter every now and then when, like, celebrities are in town. He does latte art uh, with their faces on and always gets a reaction. You know, there are people asking for selfies or autographs or taking paparazzi photos, and he cuts through the noise with a coffee f foam face. <laughs> So he made a uh, latte out of Tilda Swinton's face and then she was astounded oh, look. by it. Oh, you're so talented. It's incredible to watch. She is just like the supportive aunt everybody so needs. So brilliant. You're so brilliant. She's like, how did you do it? How did you do it? And he says, it's just foam. <laughs> It's just food. It's just fine. Like <laughs> Joanna in the background going, you came up and had one in tw 2019, gave me in 2019. Yeah, so he was doing some latte out at Sundance in yeah. 2019. And she, re she remembered him. She remembered. I mean, you never forget it's latte art cute. with your daughter's face in it. It is very cute And then video. they sip the coffee through a straw. It's really sweet. It's, so brilliant. It's so brilliant. So but, brilliant. yeah, I was just really happy to know that Hog Hive is real. It's real. It's real, and all it takes is, like, a little cup of foam. It's just foam. It's just foam. <laughs> oh, wow, is it? How'd you do it? Love it. Love it. Uh, besides the hog hive, I feel like you've been doing some other Kate Jinx very on-brand activities <laughs> recently. Is that right? Um, I think what are you referring to? Oh, my Catherine Hepburning, is that what you mean? A little. There's been There's been an abundance of, like, flower, like archival flower imagery on your Instagram. <laughs> I'm really heavily leaning into my Catherine Hepburn gardening era. I'll have a sign up saying, please go away very soon. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like putting things up on my Instagram. It's like, does anyone have any uh, tips for growing ivy, but Boston ivy, not English ivy on a trellis? God, I'm just slipped into a Tilda voice. And today I did find myself in my lunch break reading an article online, which was, have your worms disappeared? Don't panic. <laughs> Where'd they go? They go out to uh, explore the soil and the, they're excited. Oh, they're... <laughs> 
They've got a new home. They're looking around the neighborhood. They're wow. finding their best coffee spots. Who's doing the latte art, etc. <laughs> but they're <yeah>. gentrifying <laughs> your garden. Yeah, they've moved into the herbs. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, I haven't just been the super boring and in my garden, although that is where I like to be. But I don't know. It's like it's a nice time of year. Oh yeah, it's the freaking best. I spent Saturday afternoon drinking wine at my favorite wine bar with some friends and it was just yeah. you know the kind of thing where it's like yeah I can meet you for an hour and then five hours pass and yeah. then like everyone else who has scooted past comes to join beautiful thing oh wow at set what about you I am um, I went to the club on Sunday night <laughs> I went to a nightclub on <laughs> that su- club on Sunday night uh-huh. I didn't last very long I went home like just after nine notice I didn't say duck club because I'm too old yeah, no, thank you. And I would have cancelled our podcast <laughs> on the spot. Yeah, I went to Miscellanea, which when it first opened was described to me as a new club for 30-year-olds. And I thought, excellent. And turns out that it's a club for young people. Uh-huh. You've got to climb up five flights of stairs to get in there. Oh, that's a young people club. And then three more to the rooftop. Oh, God. I paused halfway to check my phone. There was nothing on it. I just needed to take a quick break. <laughs> But yeah, also just like I'm such a baby now about my sleep. I can't have like more than two vodka sodas on a Sunday night. Otherwise, you know. So it wasn't a martini's night. It was the opposite of a martini's night. I wasn't going to make a waiter in a nightclub make me a martini, you know. No, you shouldn't. I asked for one at a really nice newly renovated pub in Fitzroy recently. I said, will you do a martini? And the guy said, yep. And I could tell that he was new and nervous because I then saw him talk to like three other people working behind the bar before he came over and said, um, we just do espresso martinis. And I said, no, thank you. It's the afternoon. That's when you have it to pack you back up. An espresso martini for me is like a 10 p.m. I've been drinking all evening and I want to stay out. Hey, do you do shit for Halloween? Are you a Halloween person? I Look, I really do love Halloween, but I don't really do anything for it anymore. Like I did when I was a kid. I was one of those annoying like, it's not American, it's actually pagan, it's actually <laughs> Like, you know, when my teachers at school would be like, you shouldn't dress up, you shouldn't do this. Uh, yeah, I used to, like, get home from school and, like, change into a, an outfit I'd made and just sit around and do my homework in it, dress like a cat when I was, like, 10. Oh, I love that. <laughs> but, uh, no, I don't really do anything. I mean, I, I think it's a, it's an excuse to kind of rewatch your favourite scary films. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I went to like a, I feel like if there's a good Halloween party, I become a Halloween person. Mm-hmm. One of my dearest friends is a major Halloween, per- like capital H Halloween person and had a Halloween house party last year that was truly phenomenal. He dressed up as Stanford Blatch R.A.P. And I went as um, Nancy Kerrigan. Oh, good one. After Tonya Harding had allegedly uh, <laughs> taken a metal pipe to her knee. And it was mostly because I had a, a white frothy dress I wanted to wear and a big fake ponytail. Yeah, I've, I've seen that ponytail yeah. and it needed to be worn. Yeah, I got to whip it around a couple of times a year. <laughs> it's the only thing keeping me from going back to blonde is that I'm like, well, I wouldn't be able to wear my big long brown ponytail if I was a blonde again. It's a good reason. It is a good reason. Yeah, they're both as expensive as the other. <laughs> the, blonde, the blonde upkeep and the fake hair. Speaking of Halloween, we should say 
that after the podcast, listeners should probably start re-watching Scream 1, 2 and 3 because next week we're doing all three of those excellent films as a special poodle episode. It's a three-in-one Halloween weekend special edition of See Also. Sydney Prescott, baby. We didn't talk about clothes or fashion very much here on this pod, Mm -hmm. but I had a bad experience with some online ordering. Oh, my God. Is this the shoes that you sent me a photo of? And I said, keep them. Yep. What happened? Oh, man. You didn't keep them. No, I sent those things right back to Canada where they belong. Back where they came from. (laughs) (laughs) I am generally like a bit of a nervous online purchaser. Like I don't buy Mm. many clothes anymore. I used to buy a lot of clothes and now I've kind of paired back. Yeah. And inspirational for me. <laughs> well, I just am like, I know what I like at this point. Yeah. And I thought I liked <laughs> these goddamn shoes. They turned up and it looked like I had strapped garbage bags to my feet and then to keep them in place, had then put a big black scrunchie around my foot. And <laughs> that that is thinking of the image that you sent me of these shoes, that is exactly what they looked like. Yeah. And like I <laughs> And these Garni shoes, I'm sure they look great on everybody else. They look cute in the photo. I'm like a Nordic woman on a bike probably. Yeah, of course, of course. Anyway, they're foul and they're going back and yeah. I feel like cursed by it. Is it? Was it a lesson learned? Oh, it was a lesson learned. Oh, remember we were talking a couple of weeks ago about what we were kind of excited about watching? Mm-hmm. What have you got? Because I need something. Well, I don't know that I've got this, but okay. I know that you're going to watch it. Okay. You were saying that you were looking forward to watching The Watcher. Yes. Well, The Watcher is out now. Yeah. I watched the first two eps so far. It's really kind of bonkers, but in, for me, a bad way. Yeah, okay. Uh, And I was watching it and I was like, God, it's just like Ryan Murphy or someone has written this. He directed it. Uh Uh-huh. And it, you can tell. I feel like Ryan Murphy is a bit of a a He's got a tell. Yeah, he's a Scourge. He really is. Yeah. I do really love American Horror Story Coven when Jessica Lang. it's revealed what her hell is. I only ever watched the first season of that show, The Haunted House with the the, the maid who was old but also hot. Oh, yeah. Well, in Coven, <laughs> Jessica Lang's hell is being in like a really shitty cabin with naughty pine all around the walls. <laughs> she screams, naughty pine! And it's <laughs> incredible. Okay. Anyway, that is what Ryan Murphy was good for. But yeah, and popular. Sure, I never saw it. It was great. But look, it's pretty ridiculous. Mm, oh, that's disappointing. I told you I blocked out my Sunday. Like my Google calendar literally says, watch the watcher. I'll keep going. You tell me what you think. But anyway, it's kind of a fun thing. I think it's a it's a a lot of people agree with you. I saw Vulture did a post today where someone basically said, I watched the first episode, now I'm just gonna read the recaps because I can't I can't do it. <laughs> I know those shows well. I did that for the entire last season of Orange is the New Black. Oh yeah. I so I couldn't let those characters go. I needed to know what happened. Yeah, you need the the resolution, but I you don't want to spend the time watch fucking watching. No. And I'm also watching the good fight again. Oh yeah. The new season is out and it is the final season, I okay. believe. And I love that show. I've never watched it, but maybe that's something that I am I'm in need of. I've been tempted to go back and do a Jersey Shore rewatch. Like that's the place that I'm in. Okay. A kind of 
early noughties comfort show. Sure. The seasons where Snooky and Vinny are having drunken sex and then you realise that she's fallen in love with him. I genuinely cry real tears watching Jersey Shore. I didn't I didn't watch it. It's fine. You're watching The Good Fight. I'm watching <laughs> really bad fights from like Guido Juiceheads on the boardwalk. I picked up this book that everyone has been talking about, Sally Olds, uh, who's a Melbourne-based writer. She's published a collection of essays called People Who Lunch. It's got a great cover. Great cover. Those shoes are good. Oh, yeah. On that cover. Yeah, Not yeah. like the ones I bought. She's stomping around. <laughs> when I took it to the counter of one of my favourite bookshops in Melbourne, one of the booksellers had just read it. She loved it. And she also noted that it's very cerebral. Mm-hmm. And the other one said, it's the most popular literary book in Melbourne. Oh, my word. So I'm excited to read it. I've seen the cover everywhere. It's very cool at the moment. I'm curious to I'm curious to read it. I don't I'm not familiar with Sally Old's work. I've started reading the first essay in like a really snatched moment today mm-hmm. and um I was really enjoying it. So I'm looking forward to putting some time aside for that. Snatched to the gods. <laughs> <laughs> I just started reading Carol Radzwell's memoir, oh. What Remains. I ordered it off Jeff Bezos's website because I couldn't find it anywhere in Melbourne and I just had a sudden craving to like finally read Carol's story. And when it arrived, it felt very, how do I say this? Like self-published. Okay. The book has like a self-published feel to it, like a very lightweight cover stock. Like they couldn't spring for binding or something Mm. like kind of pamphlety. Oh no. Like it's thin. It's like 200 pages and it feels Real thin. Also, famously, her author photo was taken by Jelaine Maxwell. No. Yeah. Oh, fuck no. Yeah. Princess Carol. Oh, jeez. I didn't know that. That's bad. I thought you were just yeah. going to say her chef ex-boyfriend. No, well, this was this was pre-Roni. This was like uh, the book that she yeah. wrote. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, That was like Oprah's book club. Mm. Yeah. Um, about the death of her husband and JFK Jr., <sighs> Princess Carol's had a long and complex life and I'm I'm digging in to read more about it. That's quite exciting. I want to know. Maybe we can do a book swap from Sally Olds to Carol Radziwill. Speaking of Roni, huge news coming huge out of BravoCon. For those not in the know, BravoCon happened pre-pandemic and is happening like last weekend in New York. And it's where like the cast of all the different housewives and spin-off reality shows come together to do like panels and events. The Andy Cohen Legends Ball happened where like all the housewives who have released singles <laughs> did like a medley performance. Sheena from Vanderbilt Rules did the splits. Like it's all happening Um, as Sheena's forearm tattoo says in New York this weekend. And one of the things that happened is that they announced the cast of the new Roni, like kind of next gen. We talked about this when- It's like the L word generation Q, but Rahoni. It truly is because leading the cast is (laughs) celesbian fashion designer Jenna Lyons. Uh, 
yes, I'm I'm so pleased that you managed to segue that. <laughs> she could work. She could cross over. You know. Oh, she's she's a bet if ever there was one. Truly, um, I love that she's gone grey post J Crew. She let her hair down out of her signature slick back bun mm-hmm. and swapped her like thick framed glasses for like thin wiry frames, and she's let her hair go grey. She's like looking very chic. I mean, when is she not? Looking when is chic? she not? She really like. Her looks always really speak to the times. And mm. I, I get that for like 30 years as the head designer for J. Crew, she like dictated what everyone looked like. Yeah. She, was she the like executive director? Something like that. Yeah, something like that for mm. 27 years. And she's only 54 now and she's been gone for a while. Yeah, and she only kind of came out. She was married, very famously mm. married with, you know, a kid. And then she came yeah. out and had a girlfriend for like a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like big, big news when she came out. Yes. It was very oh, yeah. exciting. It really was. I loved it. Loved it. Loved her house tour. She famously used to have this brownstone in Brooklyn with her husband, which had like yellow things in it, like yellow accent pieces with like a zebra cushion or whatever, which was on every fucking Pinterest board and blog spot. Mm -hmm. That tells you what era it was. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And more recently she did like a, it wasn't an architectural digest. It was like a different website. It was from the New York Times in 2017 because I had a seat also prepared for this because I knew that this would come up. I didn't rewatch it. So can you, can you describe it's full of art, right? It is full of art. It's I feel like, like she a, has like a Cy Twombly or something. <laughs> I don't. She has a Jonathan Zawada coffee table. Oh, my God. It's a very nicely put together Soho apartment. She did a like what's in my bag video for Elle that I was watching recently. And <laughs> this is, <laughs> I don't know how to just tell this anecdote without sounding like I don't know, partially monstrous, but one of the things she pulled out of her purse was like monogrammed stuff. And one of them was a little pouch and it was like, there was stuff with her initials, obviously, but there was something that she pulled out that just said BLM. And I was like, oh God, is she like one of those white Brooklyn Mm -hmm. moms who's like, my personality is supporting Black Lives Matter, like putting it in my Instagram bio or whatever. And paying to get something monogrammed instead of giving that money to a charity. And making sure to mention it on a video. Oh. Turns out they're her son's initials. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that the is... The L stands for lions. <sighs> so... <laughs> I, re- I genuinely had a moment of like, what's that? What's that? What's that? <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, I'm really glad that she's part of this cast and I can't wait to either love or hate her or both. She's, I mean, she's an interesting... Power Dyke. Yeah, and she's good at talking to camera too, which is going to be fun. They, they seem to be leaning in like a fashion-y direction with this new cast, which yeah, is I, interesting. I didn't bother looking any of the others up. Okay. All I, ju- I did was message you going, is Jenna Lyons actually wearing a top or not? And then I zoomed in and was like, oh, it's mesh. <laughs> the responses to me posting that on my Instagram when the new cast was announced were either people who – knew who Jenna Lyons was and were so excited or people who didn't and were like, who the fuck are any of these people? My friend Ash even pointed out that she has her own magnetic eyelash brand. Yeah, that's what she left J. Crew to do, magnetic mm. eyelashes. It's a very sure. housewives business. The rest of the cast, I'm going to give you a quick run through. Mm-hmm. I did read a quote that said they were casting women who are, quote, already strong in the influencer space and they are more aspirational, which is not what I want from my housewives. No. So just with that in mind, here's who we've got. Jenna Lyons, obviously iconic choice. Lizzie Savetsky, 
who was announced ages ago as the first new cast member. And so Gorka did a profile of her where they said, according to page six, she posts on Instagram about accessories and her Jewish faith. And then we've got Uba Hassan, who was a model. And for anyone who listens to the podcast, Who Weekly might remember her name. She was once part of Oprah's favorite things because she created a hot sauce called Uber Hot. That's like $25. And her whole like marketing scheme with her hot sauce is like, all my model friends eat rabbit food and hot sauce makes it taste good. So it's like skinny but yummy. Anyway, mm. that's her skinny vibe. Sauce. Yeah. Uber hot. That so, makes me sad. Me too. Then there's Cy De Silva, who is a fashion and lifestyle blogger, but she's like in with like Vogue talks about her and her kids. Bryn Whitfield didn't bother looking too much into her. I think PR. She does PR. Okay. Erin Dana Licky. I just wrote real estate question mark. She's apparently been a real estate agent since she was 19. So it seems fun. Hopefully like Ramona vibes. Mm-hmm. And then the final housewife, her name is Jessel Tunk. She's the first Indian housewife on Bravo. The only sticking point that I found out about her is that she and her husband got married in uh, Riviera Maya in Mexico at a place called Excaret, an eco-archaeological park in the heart of the jungle that features an ancient Mayan cave. And okay. that's where they had their wedding reception, which seems very the resort to me. Seems very the resort. That seems yeah. like some bad vibes could happen there. Very bad vibes. So can't we just see these women like throw wine at each other's faces, which I really hope happens. I, I hope they're not too like composed considering they all have profiles going into the show, you know? Seeing people who know what it means to be a real housewife starting a new franchise is very rarely good. No, I don't like it. The rare exception is Solid City. Which I think is my favourite. It's exceptional TV it every week. So, I was so happy when you told me it was back on air because I don't check AU because it's such a terrible trash app. An absolutely trash user experience. Oh my God, and it just wants me to watch that fucking Paris Girlfriends show, it Real Girlfriends in Paris. Auto-playing Real Girlfriends in Paris. the worst shows I have. And I did watch half the first episode. Yeah. It is really awful, but it's not even, like, comforting awful. No. And the, the main woman featured, who's, like, an American New Yorker who's, like, been living in Paris for 20 years, whatever, she's one of the single most unlikable people I've ever seen on television. I want none of them to succeed. No. No. But back to SLC, please. Fucking back to Salt Lake City we go. Five <sighs> cast members, they are doing ten times more in three episodes than Rehoboth did with, what, 20 weeks? Yeah, they are doing the Lord's work that Mary just didn't ever fucking do because she's (laughs) such a terrible preacher. She's doing the Lord's work in a different way. I don't think she is. I think she's (laughs) representing something else. (laughs) Yeah, she's a demon. I don't miss her, but I do wish that she was in attendance for the garbage whore costume-themed dinner party they had in, uh, (laughs) like, their... What is it? Arizona Airbnb. Scottsdale, Scottsdale, Scottsdale. Arizona Airbnb. I love last that week. they have to go to places like Scottsdale, Arizona. It makes me so happy. <laughs> because Jen Shaw can't leave the country. Because <laughs> she's about to plead guilty to fucking what? Like wire fraud, like defrauding elderly people out of millions of dollars. She's still proclaiming her innocence on the show. I don't trust, but you know, I'm glad she's on the show. Um, but back to the garbage hall lingerie party. Yeah, here we go. Meredith was looking very JT. Taylor Roy. Do you think? 
Wait, I'm trying to get a picture in my head. Well, I mean, it's nothing that JT Leroy ever wore, but it's oh, like this hat. big hat over like <laughs> yeah. her long hair that was parted in a really weird way. Yeah. It had like a chunk like over the front of her ears. Yeah, Mer- like an elf. Meredith but- thinks she's doing comedy this season. Oh, she's doing something. It's yeah. not good. It's not good. No. There are so many deep dark secrets in Salt Lake City, and I feel like we don't even get the half of them. Like Whitney a few weeks ago said she was finally leaving Mormonism for good, but that just involved her going on a website called like quitmormon.com and like signing a form and faxing it in. But I have to say, I've been learning a lot about Mormons on TikTok recently. Okay. Um, There's this guy called Daniel Spencer who is doing this like trope of content that's very popular on TikTok where people go around the campus of universities and ask little like Vox Poppy men on the street style questions, but he's asking specifically Mormon ones. And so I shared one on TikTok because it gave me so much insight into the SLC women because he asked, would you rather drink a cup of coffee or drink a cup of cooking oil? But of course they're in salt in Utah. So he said all and half the kids that he's like teenagers are going, I guess a cup of cooking oil. I drink the cooking oil. And then someone says mm, the coffee and then repent later. Is coffee a vice? A sin, I think oh. for Mormons. And then I watched one that he did today and he said, what's your favorite party drink? So many of them said milk. So many of them are drinking milk when they go out. Oh, God. And they're probably lactose intolerant, like at least half of them. Imagine, imagine (laughs) what their diets are like. Can we just, I just, there's nothing to be really added or can't really talk about this much, but Heather, my favorite housewife, maybe of all time, her tongue is just so big. I can't look away from it when she's speaking. Have you noticed this? I've literally never noticed Heather's tongue. Yeah, it's like a Jersey cow's tongue. Like, you know, yeah, they're okay, really flat. Yeah. Mm. Have a look. It's like, it's quite incredible. I'm sure she's a great kisser. I can't wait to have yeah. a look. Yeah. What please. did she say last week? She'd suck a dick for a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> for anyone listening, if you haven't, if you don't know where to start with a Real Housewives franchise and you're like, oh my God, 12 seasons is so much to catch up with, SLC is this is the third season and every single episode is a fucking smash hit. Absolutely. It's like we're two and a half seasons in. You can catch up in a weekend. One of the main characters is no longer engaged by Bravo because she's pleaded guilty to a federal crime. We got to watch it all happen on camera. (laughs) It's pretty good. So good. You brought up that this is doing a lot more, SLC is doing a lot more than Rehoboher because I, as you know, I almost gave up on Rehoboher, my first, you know, Real Housewives love it was so boring this season until like I don't know maybe like four eps from the end and now they're delivering they have just delivered one of the best reunions I have ever seen yeah so we're recording this after the first reunion episode aired there'll be a second one out by the time this episode of the podcast comes out but yeah the last like three episodes of Rehoboha this season and the first part of the reunion are so fucking good and they made us wait 16 weeks to get there. Yeah, I think that's rude. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. They knew we all knew that Aspen was coming yes. and they saved it for the final, like the last gasp well, of the season. No one ha- else has anything else going on. I mean, like Dorit was burgled and that was really awful and she's going through PTSD and I feel for Dorit. Mm-hmm. 
But nobody else is doing no. nothing. They're Cri- not doing nothing. Crystal's storyline this season was that she didn't Instagram post about her eating disorder. It wasn't really even dealing with it as an, mm. you know, as a part of her life. I mean, Sutton, my girl, keeps working, serving, and slaying every single week. Oh, she's her, trying. Her tiny little bird legs. <laughs> Those bird legs. A friend of mine recently called her Humpty Dumpty, and it just really made me laugh because I think of her as like a little not that she's round in any way, but just that she has a body and then these little spindly little twigs coming out the bottom. Yes, she really does. She seems to have let the Dolce & Gabbana go. She's not wearing, wearing she's it not. at the Maybe reunion. she caught up to their, you know, yeah. semi, their little cancellation. Yeah, the Kardashians on the other yeah. hand. Anyway, Kyle is kind of like a dog with the bone with Crystal in the reunion. Like Kyle hasn't had very much going on this season. If it's not Jamie Lee Curtis or her sister, she doesn't really have any anything to contribute. I think that the whole, because the whole season, she knows what's coming with her sister. And so Mm. she's trying to lay low in a way. Mm. Yeah. But she's just going after Crystal in a way that's so weird. Like I find Crystal very boring. I I do too. How about it? I do too. Okay. Rinna did nothing all season, just like said hi to the birds that were her mom. She's, she's doing the thing that's the worst for a housewife to do, which is like try to make her social media or things that happen off the show storylines on the show. And it's fucking annoying because people post stuff on Instagram and then delete it. And you're supposed to be following this like weird offline drama who you said what on watch what happens live. Like no one cares. Just fight on TV. That's all I want. Yeah. Rina, she's just, I don't know. She's just pretending that she like she has amnesia. Don't say that to Erica. Oh, but but she didn't attempt to glass a Richards. I mean, come on. I'm so excited for Kathy to bring that up because in the reunion trailer, we've seen Kathy like in her slippers and her nighty getting out of that Range Rover or Escalade or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she, we know that she's going to come on the reunion stage and tell Lisa Rinnett, "You're the biggest bully in Hollywood." And like, look, do I believe that Kathy Hilton? still thinks Michael Jackson innocent and okay. says horrible racist shit, probably homophobic shit, yes. What about how none of, like, they were all shocked oh that maybe <laughs> Michael Jackson was maybe a an issue? Yeah, for Andy Cohen on the reunion to say, does anyone else think it's a problem to play Michael Jackson in a nightclub? And Crystal says, yes, and they all treat her like she's a fucking pariah. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, what? No, he was innocent. And, of course, Erica Jane goes, he got off. He got off. Yeah. He got off. And I was like, Erica Jane thinks that, like, the law is the truth? Yeah. Which is yeah. strange considering her lawyer husband <laughs> swindled <laughs> totally. fucking air crash victims oh. out of their money. I've got to say, I am loving Garcelle openly despising Diana. Who Me too. I cannot stand Diana. And I was excited about her presence at the beginning of the season, but no more. Same. And Jamie Lee Curtis is the MVP of Rehoboth this season without <laughs> being a cast member. <laughs> I can't wait to see Halloween ends, but I'm kind of sick of Jamie Lee Curtis popping up to like talk about how important Kyle Richards is to like the horror film. I love it. I have a C also for like the Kathy Hilton of it all, which is the YouTube documentary This Is Paris. Oh, gosh. Um, because it's it good. is important to see Kathy Hilton not as like a doddery old comic relief. Having a potato skin and saying things like, who is hunky-dory? Who is hunky-dory? 
Well, the Homeless and Toothless Corporation <laughs> Foundation. Yeah, Diana Jenkins can get off TV. I also feel like she's playing this game of like who has more money and time is the person who's right and like has more power. But like no one cares who Diana Jenkins is besides like society people. Yeah, I think Ghislaine Maxwell and Yeah, literally. What about the part where Erica Jane says that the Girardi name is like more famous than the Hiltons? She's got an imagination on her, that's for sure. <sighs> she sure does. A rich interior life, that one. <laughs> Do you have any oh that sounded like Erica Jane, that laugh. Oh. Little cackle. <laughs> that um flotsam and Ooh, jetsam was- act that um Erica and Rinna are doing. Oh, yeah, I don't like it. Those poor unfortunate souls. <laughs> In another part of the Housewives universe, Potomac is back. Have you ever watched? Oh, you do Potomac. I I stopped last season. It got boring when two of them formed a podcast. Now I hear myself say that. That's not great. But uh, yeah, as soon as they formed a, my Green Eyed Bandits formed a podcast, I was like, oh, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Giselle, I mean, there's only been one episode so far that I've seen, but Giselle is a dream. She and Karen are getting along, which is really fun, and I can't wait to see how it implodes. There's also the prospect we've seen in the trailer for this season of Candace and Ashley becoming friends, and Ashley is in the process of separating from Michael Darby. Despite the preview for next week's episode, she does describe having, Kate, I'm going to say words that are going to make you shrivel up, Coochie cravings for Michael. (laughs) I can't do it. It's all foul. She's in the process of separating from him while also buying a house with him. I can't do it. That's fair enough. But that's what the gals are up to in Potomac. Okay. We're doing a quick check-in on a series that Jinxie recommended to me and to you, listeners, a few weeks ago, and that's Bad Sisters on Apple TV. It's good, isn't it? I watched it all in the on the weekend, all in one hit. It's a really, really well-made show. God, it's good. It's so well-plotted. Yeah, thank you to Cory for the recommendation because I have loved it. And the finale just dropped on the weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's no – you don't have to wait to, like, be satisfied by the resolution of this story of the Garvey sisters. Is that your Irish? The Garveys and the Claffins. That's pretty good. They're at war over the insurance. You mad cow. Get in the car. Okay. That's how I arrive at the accent. I say, car, get in the car. Yeah, I like you mad bitch. (laughs) You mad bitch. You mad bitch. Get in there, you mad bitch. I just really love that one of the daughters is called Blanard because on the subtitles I read it as (laughs) Band-Aid. (laughs) <laughs> but it's Blanard. Blanard. It's a series that's on Apple TV about five sisters and it opens with the death of one of their husbands and then the mystery of which sister killed him. Yeah. Did they all kill him and how? Yeah. And At the funeral you get the sense that there's no love lost between the five or well, four of the girls and then his widow. Um, Who's in the dark about the whole thing. Yes, Gracie. Poor sweet Gracie. Poor Gracie. Beaten down by a horrifying husband, John Paul, played <sighs> by Kleis Bang. <laughs> How do you say that name? Kleis? <laughs> Kleis? I'm, I'm going to say yes. Kleis Bang from the, I was about to say the circle, from the square, yeah, <laughs> the movie The Square. Yeah, he's in the square and he's playing a... Kind of similar character in yeah. here. He has um, an evil face. He does, doesn't he? Handsome mm. evil. He's one of the worst 
men on screen in recent times, outside of like The Handmaid's Tale, I almost forgot what that show was called because I haven't been watching Mm. the episodes, but in this very hideously realistic way of just being a terrible, morally driven asshole who Mm -hmm. wants his wife to be indoors looking after him. It's almost a comedic portrayal of like a domestic kind of like control and manipulation situation that he's like created for his family. You see his wife be like beaten down over time by his words and his actions and his sisters seeing it all happen, but knowing the limits of what they can say and do to their sister to still have her around, to not push her away. Yeah. And it's very much about that, that it is very open that they all despise him for good reason But for whatever reason is there, she feels that she can't leave him. They've got a, you know, a young daughter and she can't quite get away and she can't see that she's in a, Mm. like in a situation of domestic abuse, Mm. even Mm -hmm. though that's very much what it is. Mm -hmm. And also that this guy, and I've had lots of conversations around people with people who have watched this, that it treads a really fine line of the kind of shit that this character does, JP does, like does it ever go too far? You know, he just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. With each episode you kind of learn a new horrible thing about him. Yeah, and he has this, he's just like dripping in this disgusting charm. He's a terrible character and a fantastic character as Mm. well and you can kind of see that he's playing him with total relish. He's having so much, Clay Spang is having so much fun. Yeah, because you have to watch it. And and I was reading an interview with Sharon Hogan, who created it and adapted it from a zany Belgian show, apparently. Mm. She made, what was that? Catastrophe. Yeah, Catastrophe with Rob Delaney. That was an incredible show. I loved that. And she also did Divorced, right? I only knew that because after, yeah, Divorce on HBO, the- Sarah Jessica Parker. And the guy from Sideways, Thomas Hayden- Church, Church. Yeah. yeah, aka Ned from Ned and Stacy, and George of the Jungle, and Molly Shannon's. Anyway, <laughs> it's like that show was fine, but it, it didn't the, had a yeah. perfect first episode and didn't quite hit it after that. Absolutely. Anyway, Sharon Hogan, fantastic. She has said in the interviews that it was quite a difficult thing to create this character, where you have to keep wanting to watch him every episode, but you also have to want. him the sisters to kill him. Like you have to have this thing where you are actually rooting for these girls to commit murder Mm, and mm. kill their sister's husband, their brother-in-law. It never lets you feel too empathetic towards him, but you also see why people are scared of him, why they're worried for their sister. And, but you also don't want, you know, they have these moments of being like, but we're going to hurt Grace. We're going to hurt Grace if we do this. It is really fun to see as the series goes on how each of the sisters comes into the plan to fucking kill their brother-in-law. Yeah, totally. And and the sisters are all quite, the four, um, you know, the other four are quite different from each other. Mm. They have such a great relationship. It's so such a beautiful relationship on screen. The way yeah. they speak to each other is so uncanny, but also that we see them all being investigated by some insurance guys. A very local like family business of life insurance brothers who, you know, they have their own sibling dynamic and like trauma bonds between them, but um, there are stakes in their 
scenario as well that you really buy into. So, mm. so at every corner of this story from like Grace losing her husband, the sisters losing their sister to this horrible ab- abusive man and the Claffins like <laughs> not, you know, they, if they pay out this life insurance policy, their business will go bankrupt. You got, you're really invested in the stakes from all angles. So it's really like delicious to like watch it all play out. Ew, mm. delicious. And it's also kind of nice to see this other side of Dublin on screen. Like they live by the sea. My God, that house that Mm. Eva lives in the gravel driveway. Uh, I'm more into Minna's house, JP's mum's house. Wow, wow, wow. Of course. Yeah. Anyway, it's a really, it's a really good show. It's a really complex, well-written, funny show about like women sort of acting badly but Mm -hmm. with good reason yeah beautiful to look at incredible soundtrack they've got a pj harvey cover of who by fire as the theme song to the episode which i just loved i shazammed maybe like four or five songs as the series went on it was really delightful i really liked that they used that norma tenega song you're dead that was a good use of it near the end. I love her. Oh, I don't know. I'm not familiar. Walking My Cat Named Dog, that was her big hit. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Really cool. I'm going to rewatch Bad Sisters also, full disclosure. True recommendation from both of us. I went to a bit of a fun movie premiere last weekend. Bros. Billy Eichner was there. Nicholas Stoller, the director, was there. And so was Luke McFarlane, who stars in it. Punk. It was really fun when I arrived. What was playing but a little bit of Savage Garden. Oh, my God. You of know course, you're in for a good time. Of course. We've talked about Bros a little bit off the pod about like the worthiness issue of it Mm. is being marketed as the first gay romantic comedy to premiere by a major studio that it was written by and stars, you know, Billy Eichner, who is the first openly gay man to ever write and star in his own major studio film. Like this is the, this is like the central marketing tool. The marketing is about how, yeah, how important it is and how first of its kind it is. Which is not great. It doesn't, it makes the film sound worthy and it's like a really fun queer rom-com. It makes it feel like homework. Absolutely. That's not what people want when they go see a rom-com. I have done a lot of homework in my life and I have never done it to a Savage Garden song. (laughs) But now I have and I love it. So Billy Eichner, Billy on the Street, uh, stars as this podcaster. Oh, my God, Kate. I know. Uh, He's like Giselle from Real Housewives of Potomac. Exactly. Um, But this is, I think it's called like something like the 11th Brick at Stonewall. And it's very much about, it's like queer history and he is the new director of the first LGBTQI plus museum in New York. Mm -hmm. And so it's all about the opening of that and him fundraising, et cetera. But he, you know, and he's a commitment phobe and he feels kind of weird about how he looks in this quite sea of hot gay men in New York and how he is like this nerdy guy essentially. But he meets a guy at like a hunk at a – app launch an app for it's really funny it's a gay dating app just for men who want to meet up and talk about actresses they like and it's called the zellweger oh fuck See, it's funny hey this is already hitting on things that would make me want to see this movie more than the trailer did yeah the trailer wasn't amazing the trailer honed in on like 
this guy texts using a gift from the office. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's straight it's a it's a straight people trailer. It is, it is. Yeah. And Billy Eichner quite famously said, you know, straight people didn't turn up for the film because mm. the film didn't do very well in its opening weekend in America. Yeah. But I'm really hoping that it has more of a life after that because it was a really, really good time. And it does kind of have to appeal to a lot of people. It is essentially a love story, a kind of classic rom-com story with like a funny meet cute. Mm -hmm. But also it is, it does have a lot of queer politics in it and it is kind of really pushing away from the love is love thing. And Billy Eichner says this great thing about love is not love. And I was just (laughs) jumping out of my seat. Like it was just great, great, great. Uh, and I can't hear love is love is love without seeing <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda like biting his lip. Ugh, gross. I never want to, <laughs> I don't want to have that vision in my head ever again, BL. But yeah, it's uh it has an all queer cast, including the straight characters, yeah. which is cool. Uh, except for some celebrity cameos. The cameos are very good. Uh-huh. It does, you know, of course it is like at its core, it's like this cis white gay man having a rom-com, like the big studio Hollywood film, but Billy Eichner really does address it in quite a winky way throughout the film. And in the film, he totally has surrounded himself with a really great queer community. It's much beyond the usual of what you see. I'm so excited to see bros. I've been like checking the release dates for months. Everything famously comes out so much later in Australia than it does everywhere else in the world. So I've just been hearing people who have been able to see bros already talk about how great it is. And then reading things like I'll I've got a, I'll link in the show notes this Gorka article about um, basically it was set up to fa- like the press the press around it basically set it up to fail but it is a great movie if you can get beyond like the the headlines about it being homework or that straight people made it flop. <laughs> Yeah, it's really fun. There are great scenes in like Provincetown. There are lots of jokes at like the expense of Schitt's Creek and Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. It's really, it's doing a lot, this film. Yeah. And I feel like it hopefully will open the doors for the other people within that film to have their own, you know, films and comedies, et cetera. Mm, mm. Like Guy Branham's in it, who I love. He was on a recent episode of the Vulture podcast, Into It, talking about bros, which was a really great episode. I really recommend as well. Oh, I have to listen to that. Yeah. Love him. Have you seen the trailer for Megan? I sure have seen the trailer <laughs> for Megan. What a – I was like, is this a new Sia video? Lol. <laughs> One film that we saw together, though, BL, we went to a special media screening of it last night was – a film that you in particular have been looking forward to mm-hmm. is a new horror film called Barbarian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard whispers of Barbarian and I have known enough to not dig for any more information, which turned out to be the right instinct because going into this film last night, I think you and I both said beforehand we knew nothing about it. All I knew was that Justin Long is in it because I saw him promoting it. But besides that, I went in completely blind and – I ended up having a really great time. Like it does, it plays with enough horror movie like conventions, but does it in a way that completely surprised me that I do recommend anyone who is in need of like a good spooky jump scare to go and see Barbarian and not look at or like seek out any information about it beforehand. But also it has its problems and 
I did get an email today advertising some promising Airbnb rentals that I swiftly <laughs> deleted because Barbarian has changed my mind about uh, the sharing economy more than anything else. Yeah, I think it's okay to say that the premise is that two people are booked in at the same time they don't know for the one Airbnb mm-hmm. in Detroit. Yeah. And then they have to deal with that. They have to deal with that in a in a house. Yeah. yeah. And it goes it goes places. There. It goes to different places. And you just watch. And if you're me, you say, no, no, no. Yeah. The whole time. The first third of it was very good. And I looked at my shoes a lot. It was actually quite scary. But after that, I thought it was a mess. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I, and I understand why. Yeah. Um, we can't say too much more without spoiling, but, um, yeah, it's kind of a, like, don't do that kind of premise, Mm. you know, like that's the kind of horror movie it is. It's like a, you're watching people who are doing, they're doing like the Sydney and scream thing where she's going, Oh, what you think I'm just going to run up the stairs. And like, when I should be running out the front door, it's like that character, but all they fucking do is like Mm. run up the stairs towards danger, Mm -hmm. you know, for the entire movie. Yeah. Uh, But it's very surprising. Yeah, it was surprising. (laughs) And the other surprising thing is about it is that, I know that you're not meant to pull like the logic thread of a horror film, but if you start pulling any thread of this one, I dare say it falls apart. Oh yeah, absolutely. And also I've seen a lot of people reviewing it or talking about it on podcasts since we watched it last night and saying a similar thing to a screenshot that you sent me, Jingzi, from a review where they essentially were like, the Justin Long bit so funny. Like what, what a, a great funny guy. guy. What a funny character. And, and I, you're like, oh my, did we watch the same thing? Yeah, film? I think a lot of people are misunderstanding what that character, what that character is. Yeah. I did hear the director basically say I wanted to make the most despicable human being I could in that character. So, But Bad Sisters already did it with JP. With Clays. <laughs> Justin Long could never. The lead is uh, Georgina Campbell, who I'd never seen before. Very good. Um, she was very good. Yeah. It is hard for me to root for people in horror movies when they do dumb shit despite knowing better, but mm. she is very charismatic. And mm-hmm. so I did that. I also have never seen Bill Skarsgård in a film before. Oh, did you not see the It remake? I didn't see either of it. I only saw the first it. He was very, he was good. Pennywise, he was a good one. I get it. That face. Yeah. I mean, I look at him in a movie and I'm like, you're suspicious. I'd like to see him in a not horror. After watching this movie, I kind of would like to see him in like a rom-com. Yeah. Getting to do like a meet cute that's not scary. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'd watch that. Did you ever read or see the movie that Kate Shawland directed Berlin Syndrome mm. based on the book by Melanie Justin. Yep. Gave me vibes of that. It gave me, this is, I guess, like a see also and a read also for Barbarian. Not a plot spoiler at all. These are just things that it kind of reminded me of, like spooky things about like real life scenarios with like men and women. Also, Don't Breathe, a movie I also went into completely blind with no information and had like a very like jump scare experience in the cinema. I've got two C also's, but they're really spoilery. So I will say if you want to hear them, you'll have to DM us at C also podcast on Instagram. That's a great workaround because I want them. 
Yeah, well, I'll get them to you, but not here. Not here, not now. Okay, great. I also, like, it plays with structure a bit, this film. Like you said, Jinxie, the first third, like, it's kind of divided into thirds. And that made me want to rewatch Death Proof, a film that I probably haven't seen in about 10 years. Wow, I have not seen that in a very long time. Yeah. That's our first, uh, like, thumbs up, thumbs down situation. It really is. Yeah, after the movie, I turned to you and said, I loved that. And you went, ugh. (laughs) and then said more but we can't say it online because it'll spoil all right it's time for also also's jinxie what's your first one i've got a read also it's an oldie but it's gold a friend texted me the other day asking for a book recommendation and gave me the vibe of what she was after and Mm -hmm. i immediately thought of a book that she hadn't read so maybe other people haven't read it it's a book that I have recommended so much and it's a book I love. It's Deborah Levy's Hot Milk from 2016. Now I was thinking about it because it's being turned into a film. It stars Jesse Buckley, Fiona Shaw and Vicky Creeps. Good one. Wow. Mm-hmm. So the book is, it's about this young woman who's like mid twenties named Sophia. She takes her ailing mother who has mobility issues to Spain from the UK to go to like this wild health retreat and Sophia is a bit rudderless and she kind of roams parts of Spain you know takes some lovers etc it's but it's mostly about her kind of like Erica her rich inner life Uh, but it's really it's a really great book I really loved it and a lot of people have read I think have started reading Deborah Levy more with her excellent trilogy of memoirs uh, that just finished last year but if you are trying to kind of switch to her fiction. This is my favorite of her fictions. And then probably Swimming Home. Mm, Sounds great. That's a wreck for me as well. I've never known where to start with Deborah Levy. I have a very different kind of book. Also, it's a children's book. My friend Alice Eyre just released her first children's book. It's called Off to the Market, published by Scribble, uh, which is Scribe Books Kids Imprint. I got a copy for my niece, And it is all about teaching kids, well, not teaching them, but like telling the story of a young person going to the markets every week with their mum and learning about fruit and veggies and about money and writing lists and carrying, you know, baskets. And it's a really sweet book for little people. And Alice is like a beautiful illustrator and designer. And so it also like looks incredible. So you're not kind of like begrudgingly reading it every night, I'm sure. It's really sweet looking. It looks beautiful. I love her work. Yeah. She's done like these little neon orange accents throughout the book and the cover and which just makes it look like really, really fun. I've got a drink also. It's the 2022 Rainbow Juice from Gentlefolk. Oh. It's a favorite wine. They've been producing this wine for a long time, but I recently saw the new one has hit my favorite wine shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's organic. It's biodynamic. It's skinzy. <laughs> <laughs> Automatic. Hydromatic. <laughs> it's rainbow juice lightning. Uh, it's uh, it's like it's a bit darker this year than in previous years. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a really great rosé. And it's a really good, it's well-priced. It's like low 30s. Is this you are looking at me like I'm a monster? No, I just am trying to stifle a laugh because I'm remembering Mary Cosby on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City when she serves a type of wine from a certain year. And she says there was a horrible drought that year. People died, but the wine was great. (laughs) 
you saying it's darker this year. I'm trying to think, what, what could have caused that? I have found it's a really good rosé. I mean, it's the right season for it here at the moment. If you are with friends who don't love a natural wine in the same way that you do, I love a natural wine. I am that person. But I don't. But so this seems don't. like something we could share. So this is Skinsy, and yet I think you would enjoy it very much. Mm, skinsy. It sounds yummy though. Yeah, this one's from the Adelaide Hills. It's really, it's a really good, it's a really good drop. I don't mean to mock. I genuinely don't. <laughs> Well, I'm not sending you any rainbow juice. I love the sound of rainbow mm-hmm. juice. I want to share some with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a bags also. <laughs> um, I did an order from Bagu recently. I needed a new laptop case because just throwing a MacBook Pro into my tote bag now that I'm going back to the office wasn't cutting it, I guess. So I got one of the puffy laptop sleeves from Bagu and it is just so fun. When I'm not using it and when I'm at home, I put it on my desk and then Carol curls up and sleeps on it. So is there any cuter recommendation? I don't think so. I got it in the color Trippy Swirl Salmon. And I also got some Trippy Swirl matching pot holders, towels, hand towels, and a big giant bagu that I actually can't carry very well because when there's things in it, it does touch the ground. It's so big. You're real trippy salmon. <sighs> My trippy salmon's dragging on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> the trippy salmon of knowledge. That's a Wicker Man reference for a Halloween. Oh, seasonally appropriate. <laughs> Speaking of, yeah. I've got a ghost also. Mm-hmm. It's a great piece in I think the most recent issue of The New Yorker by Nell Stevens. And the title of it will tell you everything about it. It's called What Ghost Stories Taught Me About My Queer Self. And it kind of highlights the ghost stories, the queer ghost stories that she grew up hearing and telling. And it's a real see also of a piece. There are so many good books and films that she references within it. It's a really nice autobiographical piece. Amazing. I have a kind of also a spooky season watch also. I plan to rewatch on Halloween weekend the movie Saint Maud, which came out in 2019, uh, directed by Rose Glass. It's one of my favorite things I've watched in the last year. You might have to pay to rent it on Apple TV or Amazon Prime, I believe. It's truly just so good, so original, and just a really, really, truly beautiful, like sick, funny, stylish, short film. It's like 80 minutes, I think, maybe even less. What a good runtime for a horror. Perfection. You watch it before bed. Because we don't have any also also's for next week because it is a poodle episode all about Scream 1, 2, and 3. We'll be putting up a little an extra also also just on Instagram at see also podcast. Some of our favorite Halloween films or spooky films that are not necessarily scream one, two, or three. Mm. They might not have pumpkins in them, but maybe they will. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. So many cute new reviews have been popping up and Kate and I DM them to each other and just heart react all day long. It's really cute. It is. And you can follow us at See Also Podcast on Instagram and tell your friends. Speaking of friends, our friends in Ireland who might be listening, apologies uh, for butchering your beautiful <laughs> accent earlier when we are talking about bad sisters. <laughs> bad sister, the Claffins, the, the Garveys, <laughs> Brody and Kate. 
That was bad. <laughs> we can, we can no, that. we're keeping that in because I edit it. Uh, and thank you very much to Samuel Hodge. I can't do it. Samuel. 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 That's good. Samuel. Maybe that's our word to get in. I thought it was get in the car. Get in the car, you mad bitch. It's Samuel. Samuel Hodge. Samuel Hodge. Thank you to Samuel Hodge. Sorry for saying your name so many times. For our original artwork and to Aria nominated Harvey Sutherland for our original theme music. The Aria nomination wasn't for our theme music, but it could be. <laughs> it could be. It's good enough. Made by the same guy who got the breakout artist and dance. EDM. EDM. Album of the Year nomination, Harry Sutherland. Very cool. I think that this should be a B-side on his next release. It should be. See ya. Bye. (laughs) 